Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hello there. Oh, we're doing this. Lovely. You know what? I just realized for the first uh, almost three minutes, I was not talking. I was um, on mute. So I just said a bunch of stuff and nobody heard me. Hold on a second. I think Will's on the line here. I'm going to bring him in as well. Uh, just say, Will, are you there? Okay, I Will's also not I here. Was. I thought he was here. Oh, there he is. Okay. Will's there, and it looks like Mark just chimed in. He's on hold as well. So let me just uh, yeah. bring I'm him here. in as well. I'm just uh, seeing if we can connect with Mark here. Mark, are you there? I am. Oh, Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right, we're getting some assemblies of normal because I think uh, hopefully people will actually listen um, past because uh, I started talking for the two, first two minutes of the show, and I was on mute, and I just realized that. So I, <laughs> it was a bunch of dead air for two minutes, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I better hit this button instead. Okay, so we were, I was, um, as I said, which nobody heard because I was in mute, I was um, in a fight really with a futon getting it from my spare bedroom into my garage, which turned out to be a much more challenging, um, much more challenging um, um, event that I thought it was going to be, and I finished literally right five minutes before the show started, so I ran like hell to get up here and get the show set up, but now we finally got it set up and we got everyone on board, and now that I've said the same thing twice now, uh, I'm going to turn it over and say hello to Will and Mark and stop talking for a minute so I can catch my breath. Good evening, Will. How are you tonight? I'm good. And yourself? That's good. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a stretch for you because you got your hair cut, and 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 that was, you know, your futon didn't recognize you, and therefore it wouldn't let you take it to the garage. What do you think? That's the best well, thing maybe to come we, up with right now. The futon was on the bo- lower floor of my house, and. I had to, first of all, I tried to get it upstairs inside the house, and because my stairwell was narrow, I couldn't get it turned. We tried it about six different ways and couldn't get it turned. So we had to take it back down the stairs, down the hallway, and out through my side door and up the stairs. It was not fun. It was a pain in the ass. But we got it done. So all that so I can sell it for 10 bucks. Um I should have just taken a saw to it and taken it in pieces and taken the damn thing to a dump, but whatever. Good evening, Mark. How are you doing tonight? Doing a lot better than your day was. Apparently. 
Actually, my day was going great until we decided to move the futon. That's when it started going downhill. <laughs> Other than it keeps snowing here the last few days. Yeah, I've seen that. It's like, fuck off. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be nice now. Okay, well, it was uh, 20 here today, Mark. Fuck you. Okay. I, yeah, I, I know. I, yeah, we're close to that here, too. I finally that here managed, too, actually. I finally managed to get my garbage can unfrozen out of the ice in my back alley, okay? <laughs> I've been trying for four weeks now. I've been trying for four weeks, and it's finally out. Freedom. Freedom at last. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're all enjoying a spring-like weather, except for Mark, because it's... Not Mark, no. Yeah, Mark, it's snowing, right? Yeah, yesterday was real interesting. Bright sun, and you couldn't see anything because of the snow coming down. Uh Uh-huh. It was just bizarre. Just so you guys can see, I posted a picture in the chat there of us moving the futon. This is kind of what we were dealing with. This was the first attempt to get it outside... Um, going up the stairs, and that did not work. Uh, well, but anyways, we got it out. Anyways, wait, wait, I've got, I've got a, I've got a furniture story. Okay, since we're on okay. furniture. Okay, when I moved into my apartment in Calgary, the first place I lived here, I had a very long sectional, and how I got it into my place was I went through one person's apartment, put it over the balcony onto my apartment, and got it into my place. Well, when I decided to move, it was midnight, and I couldn't interrupt the neighbor, and I didn't like that couch very much, so I threw it off the 12th floor of my apartment building. What do you think of that? You threw it off the 12th floor? Yes, That's awesome. Yes, sir. And then I then I picked up all the pieces and threw them in the garbage can and and I managed to move all by myself. It was impressive, let me tell you. <laughs> Honestly, I was prepared to start beating the thing with a hammer and fashion it into pieces. I was uh-huh. getting that frustrated. Got a couple yeah. new marks on the wall too by my store my staircase, but I got it out and I got it into my garage. That's what a main thing, I guess. It was worth the whole so. ten bucks I'm gonna get for it. Uh, what are Anyways, now it's time to relax and uh, we could talk about football because there's lots to talk about there, right? Yeah. Right? I guess so. Uh sorta. Of. You know Tons. what? I, I did it smart Tons. this th- hmm? Tons to talk about. Yeah. I actually did it smart this week. I wasn't um waiting till the last second to put the um, uh, agenda together. I actually put it together. I had it made last night, even though I forgot to send it today, and you guys didn't get it until about half an hour ago because I forgot to send it. But I actually got it done last night, so I didn't have to uh, scramble at the last second to do it, which was a good thing because I've been moving the futon for two hours. So that's all right. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyways, <laughs> so that's fine. Um... CJ uh, Christopher Jones is missing in action tonight. He must be busy doing something. I haven't heard from him today, so 
I'm assuming he will not be coming to uh, talk with us tonight, or if he is, he'll be late. But it'll be it, uh, uh, we'll just go along and uh, do it as we do it. So not a big deal. So we'll just go forward, and I'm just going to press one of these buttons here quickly. Let's talk CFL. I do that just to stop talking for five seconds. All right. Uh, so we'll start on here. So a story out. Vernon Adams, the quarterback of the Montreal Alouette, says he would play in an empty stadium if that were needed. But the big question coming up here is, would that even be possible? Now, the CFL, we know it's a smaller league. It's not nearly on the same level as bigger leagues like, of course, the NFL or the NHL or the NBA or any of the leagues, you know, the big, uh, you know, Continental leagues in uh, here, they don't make nearly enough money. So the question being, could the CFL even survive playing empty stadium games, even for a year or a half a year or so on? What do you think? Well, could they could they get through doing that, or is that even possible? You know, I have no issues with it. I mean... I mean, you know me, I like to go to football games, but if I can't go to football games, I'm okay with that. If I can watch it on TV, I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. about about four weeks ago, I watched a free UFC card on TV where they didn't have any, any, uh, any fans. And it was definitely different, okay? Um, it might be different for the players, but... On the other hand, I'm sure Vernon Adams would have no problem playing in an empty stadium because then he'll get paid. Okay? Yep. If he doesn't play any football games, then he will not get paid. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I really I tend to wonder how much – I mean, you always hear football players saying that uh, – that the crowds motivate them and, and and it's cool to play in a house in a in a stadium full of friends screaming for you. I, I guess it would probably be different for them. But uh you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. And I mean there's so many things there's so many things up in the air right now. I uh I was looking at a, a thing on on Las Vegas today, and they say, I think it was May 15th or May 1st, they're going to start to open Vegas again. And they're going to start gradually, not like the bigger hotels aren't going to open right away. They figure the Mm -hmm. bigger hotels aren't going to open until the beginning of June because it would be pointless because they think they're going to lack customers right? until people know until people know that it's safe. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I I guess I would assume that's one of the scenarios the CFL is working on. And can they survive without fans in the stands? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you, you don't have those beer sales. I, I'm, I don't know, man. You may be, you may be sucking slew water, if you know what I mean. thing is here in BC is that the the Lions don't get any concession. That's all BC Place. 
They never have. That's always been a BC Play thing. They have nothing to do with concession, uh, nothing to do with beer sales or anything like that. So really, uh, the revenue they get are, is only tickets. So that would make it e- uh, that's going to make it even more difficult because tickets uh, aren't going to be sold. So I mean, the, they can sell you know merchandise and stuff like that online. I don't know how much they get with that. Personally, I'd love to see them play regardless. Uh, to me, a football with no fans is better than no football at all. But uh, I don't know uh, what the whole situation would be there. Mark, what do you think? Well, how would that affect the bonders? I just don't see how teams can make money. Like Will said, with no beer sales especially, but no merch sales from families, no hot dogs, no burgers. I just don't... I want to see it happen. I thought it could happen, but I think they'll actually lose too much money if they play in front of no fans. Mm -hmm. I guess they won't have anybody working in the place because you don't need anybody. But, and I know the Bombers have laid off a bunch of people and everybody's taking pay cuts. So I desperately want to see football on TV, if nothing else. I just don't know if in oh, half a season or nine, ten games, if it'll just if it'll work from a monetary standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I know they're looking at every option in the universe. I think right now, um, including they could. There's been talk I've seen about maybe even only playing in three or four places because BC just did ban all sporting events until, was it July or August? July 30th. July 30th, so that puts a crimp in anything too. Mm-hmm. So now I, those kind of rules can be changed in a heartbeat. They just True. end it. Yeah, but I'm hoping we get to see some real live football. Yeah, the the old games are fun to watch, but I'm getting tired of them. I just don't yeah. know if it'll work. I don't know. The work they would have to, I think, work out some other deal with like TSN uh, to contribute more money. I don't know. Maybe they would have to uh, talk to the. Um, um, they would have to talk to um, the government and maybe see if they could get, because I know, I think it was Todd Mogi mentioning that they, they, apparently the league was maybe talking to the government to see if they could get government assistance uh, because it's, I don't know, without some, uh, like, uh, either that or sponsors or something like that stepping up, and the sponsors are going to be hard because they're all having a, half, a tough enough time with, that the CFL is because they're not getting the business that they once were. So that's going to be the problem. I just I, I talked about government money. I think that would cause probably an uproar throughout the country if the government said, "Oh, we're we're going to give a bunch of money to a professional sports league." CFL or not, it's still going to piss people off. Um, yeah, yes. You think? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they've got to at least have some fans, to be honest. Unless maybe they do like a pay-per-view thing, maybe. Um, but again, I don't know how that would work with TSN. 
but uh, they got to figure something out. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how they would work that. I think it would be very difficult. Well, I'm I'm curious to know if there are no games this year. What does that do to the CFL's contract with TSN? Yeah, that causes a whole other a host of issues. Right. So do they do they are they obligated to play games and TSN doesn't care if there's fans in the stands. So TSN also doesn't know, care if they make money or not. The teams. Right. That's but correct. TSN's gonna um, want content for their network. That is correct. So, so that, I don't I don't know. I'm sure there's there's people out there that are way smarter than us that are working on a number of different scenarios. Yep. And in my mind, and this is kind of going off the subject a little bit, I think this has to end. Okay? They got to decide what's what. And we got to go from there because yeah. this is the economy, and you'll, we, we see it on this show as far as, as sporting things go, but the economy is going to disappear, and then we're going to be really screwed. That's so, the big issue. I, I don't know how this works. I just, yeah. like I said, it's, 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 there's people out there smarter than I that are working on this, but I wish they'd come up with something and just start making some decisions. So it would be nice so, if the league would actually come out and say something too, anything. Yeah. What they're looking yeah. at, like all the other commissioners of the other leagues have said, you know, we're baseball's looking at only playing in Arizona. Yeah. Now I've heard uh, it's going to be Arizona, Florida, and Texas. They're going to split them between those three states. Yeah. So or at least that's what they're talking they, about. Commissioners and are I, coming out and saying what's going on, and Ambrosi is, uh, I don't know, somewhere. Well, and I mm-hmm. I got a phone call. I got a phone call last week from the Stampeders, just a just a customer service guy, and he just he was he, he let me ask him a number of questions and. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked him what was going on, and he says they're working on three or four different scenarios, just like we talked about last week. I also asked him if he thought there would be a season, and I and I don't know if this was his opinion or if he knows something we don't know, but he was about 70% sure that there wouldn't be a season. And so then we got into the conversation of, what teams in the CFL do you think would survive if there is no CFL season this year? And I would I would assume the majority would, with the exception of maybe Ottawa. Um, you know, I mean... I'd be more worried about think, Montreal. I was just going to well, say, Montreal would be my concern. I know they just got the new owners and stuff like that. But if they're going to lose all that money because there's no season, are those guys going to stick around? Well, I mean, let's hope those guys have deep pockets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yep. I mean, I'm I'm not worried about Calgary because they're owned by the Flames. Okay. I'm not worried about Edmonton because they have their Heritage Fund. 
I'm not worried about Saskatchewan because they'll just ask everybody for a dollar and their season will be fine. Yep. Winnipeg, I'm assuming Winnipeg would be okay, Mark. Would I assume I wrong? Winnipeg would I assume be fine? Right? No. Winnipeg will be fine simply because they just built this stupid stadium in the wrong spot, but it's built. It's there. They're going to be paying it off for several decades. Got to have somebody right. in there playing. So the government Something. will give money. Yeah, the government will give okay. money. And, I mean, with BC, I'm still assuming David Braley's pockets are very deep, Charles. Is that correct? Yep, and he's been... He's been willing to take considerable losses in the past, and I, I've seen nothing that tells me that um, that that he's not willing to do it. Any, I know uh, Rick will assure the Lions president. Uh, he gave an interview last week saying he was so glad that uh, David Braley was currently um, the uh, owner of the Lions. So I'm of the opinion that he would stick in for the long haul. Yes. Okay, and then we got Hamilton, and they've got another billionaire owning them. Yeah. And he's owned them for quite some time. Yep. So I'm I'm thinking Toronto and Ottawa. I'm not – I don't know about Montreal because I don't know how wealthy those guys are, but Ottawa, I think it kind of waned last year, and we've had problems with Ottawa in the past. And – then with Toronto, I know Toronto's got pretty deep pockets as well. So yeah, I'm not worried about Toronto with MLSE owning it. They got tons of money. They're, I don't think it, it would hurt them all that. They would probably be the least affected if I was if I was to bet. They would probably be the least affected by a shutdown because right. they got so much money as is. Yeah, and because yeah, they're they telecommunications, they'll get money from the government. Yeah. And like like Mark was saying, the teams that own their own stadiums, teams like Winnipeg, teams like Saskatchewan, they're not going to go anywhere because they need a team for that. They need a tenant for their stadium. Yeah. So they can't shut the well, teams down. And with Saskatchewan, no other team will ever come there, so it's got to be football or nothing. So. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, so yeah. In Saskatchewan, so, I, people I would just... donate money to keep that team afloat. Yeah, they've done it before. I'm sure they would. Exactly. But 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 the biggest issue there though is if this keeps up, people aren't going to have money. Nope. If you think about it, that's okay, the thing. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe a dollar or five dollars would be a hardship for them. I'm just saying. Maybe. Okay. And the other so, thing is too is that uh, let's say they do end up coming back and they start playing in, in September. Well, this thing has been going on since March. So that's six months that a lot of people have been out of work. So even if they come back in September with fans, who's going to be buying tickets? Yeah. The people have the money I, to buy, even if they are to come back. And I still think there's a scare factor involved. You know what I mean? Of course there is. Yep. But I also, that's going to be there I for also, a while. I also wonder, okay, and I don't know what the numbers are, but I I bought my season tickets like I don't know, three and a half months ago, okay, right. So so they do have that money, right? Mm-hmm. And I would assume that you know a lot of people have bought season tickets, so yeah, I don't know. 
But is that going to get carried over to next year? Are they going to refund it? I don't know, how are they going to deal with stuff like that, is I'm wondering. Yeah, none of those guys ever refund money if they don't have to, okay? Probably not. They'll just so, tell people to just hold it over to next season or something. I don't know what they're going to do, but... Yeah, they're already that's asking home. that. Yeah, there's they so much. They know already asking. As they're already asking people to hold over to next holders. year? Yeah. 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 And it makes, like, my wife and I talked about it, and we thought, you know... For the seven hundred and fifty bucks or eight hundred dollars for our two tickets, yeah, we're Keep gonna it. have to pay for them again anyway. Yeah, if, when the season does restart, we're gonna have to pay the money anyway. So this way, it's there, and it helps the team. Mm-hmm. Yes, but on the other hand, if people are so desperate for money, are they gonna they start need that cash? Yeah. Money back? Yeah, yeah. No, people yeah. will. Yeah, I know they will. I think the CFL's safer from that side of it for people desperately wanting the money back versus, say, the NHL. Yes, because yeah. we're talking yeah. we're talking big bucks with the NHL, you know. What Billionaires. I mean? and, yeah, and I think I think I say I think leagues like the NHL and Major League Baseball and and so on those bigger leagues. They can much easier handle playing in empty buildings than the CFL because the economics are so much different in terms of media and uh, sponsorship, etc. So they could probably uh, handle it a whole lot better than a league like the CFL could. I'm not saying it won't hurt them, but I don't think it will hurt them nearly as badly. Right. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yes, it will. With all yep. the leagues. But it's, you know, this is, you've, you've got nothing to fall back on and say, well, when it happened in this time. You know, anytime anything else happens, you go, well, 25 years ago when it happened, they did this. Well, now they're going, okay. We have no idea what to do. There's, you know, nobody knows. Yep. It sucks. That's true. Getting excited about the draft, which is still going on at least. Hmm. Typically, I don't get excited about the draft players, <laughs> to be honest. You'll note I haven't most- put a lot of it on any of our agendas because really – what is there really to talk about? Well, there is a segment on it here about the bombers, so I shouldn't really say that. But <laughs> that's probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen in sports in the next six months. To be honest with you, <laughs> could be. Let's you know. just, just hope it goes off better than the NFL. Yeah, well, they were having problems with the first pick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, the NFL hasn't had theirs yet. So. The NFL is until Thursday. They did a mock one. Thursday. Mock oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're just testing things out. It didn't go well. Yeah. Well, maybe they can get the bugs worked out. Well, and I'm sure all these guys, I mean, all of these guys, when you're doing something like this online, I'm sure all these guys are concerned about other teams, you know, 
um, seeing what they're doing before they do it or as they do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So it'll be it'll be interesting what they uh, come up with. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Yep. All right. Anything? Anyone? Anything else for uh, this topic here? No, I'm good. Or have we kind of beat no. it to death? I think we kind of have. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next segment. Let's talk CFL. Yes, I like pressing the buttons. All right. Hey, segment deal. two. Another one of our favorite topics. So Anthony LeBlanc has left the Halifax CFL group. He was one of their, well, he was their front man, really. Uh, he was the guy that was always out on TV talking about that. But he's uh, jumped ship. He's gone over to uh, become the president of the Ottawa Senators. So it's just, just another nail in the coffin of Halifax. I mean, the coffin's running out of room because there's so many nails in it already. I mean, is this just like another? Is, could this be the final one? Are we finally going to get past this crap? Uh, Halifax ain't happening, and this coronavirus thing has made it even less likely for a Halifax team. Uh, is this now done? Is there even point in talking about this anymore? Mark, what do you think? Is there any, is there any chance of Halifax anymore? Sorry for the Halifax Schooners fans out there, but stick a fork in it, you're done. One of your major money guys is out. COVID-19 has hit. No government in the world is going to be giving <laughs> free money for a stadium. Not anymore. They're yeah. No. It's unfortunate. We we knew it was probably going to happen anyway. But I think they say they're still moving forward. But I just don't see it. They wanted yep. government funding before. They're not getting it now. It's it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. The government was hesitant about it before all this happened. Now one of your mini guys is out. They're done. Yeah. And to be honest, I never trusted that guy anyways because he was, he was connected with the ownership of the Arizona Coyotes a while back. He was brought in there and touted as a savior and then he jumped ship in like two or two years or something like that so I never really thought he was a big guy to begin with and if he's if he is uh backing out I mean I just don't see this going anywhere Will what do you think is uh pretty much uh the uh Halifax ship now sailed well no I don't I don't think that's right I think they're gonna have a team this year yeah, sure. Because you don't, you you don't, you don't need a stadium for fans. Yeah, okay. they'll go play in some parks. So, so they, so they have a say stadium with two thousand seats. They can play in that stadium, no problem. Um, you know what? Obviously, obviously, this guy has jumped ship for a more stable thing. Okay, that's pretty obvious, and. Obviously, if he would jump that quickly, then he's also been looking for a while. And why would he be looking? Because he probably knows this is not going to happen. And he'll have to look for a job anywhere, and this opportunity came along, so what the hell. 
Let's mm-hmm. face it, all of us would take that in a second, okay? Of course. I hate to say it. So you can't blame the guy, but, yeah, I think I think Halifax was done before it even got started. That's just my opinion. Yep. No, the guy clearly... If this thing was so good and such a slam dunk, this guy wouldn't have been... This guy was obviously uh, applying for other jobs because I think he knows that the Halifax situation is going nowhere, and he wanted to... He wanted to get out of there. He knew it wasn't going anywhere. He wanted to jump ship, pardon the pun. And uh, he got a chance to go work for the Ottawa Senators. And uh, this guy was going to be an owner of a team. And he's like, no, I'm going to become a GM. Because that's a lot more stable. At least he doesn't have to put more money up. So, yeah, he saw the writing on the wall. And he's got now there. Uh, sorry, uh, I know there's a lot of fans. Well, there's some fans that really want to see a Halifax team, uh, it's just not happening, folks. Not in any time in the near future. So they can talk all they want about, oh, it could happen. This is not going to happen. Sorry. It just isn't. It's finished. It's done. They're not. You're not going to get stadium funding after this COVID-19 situation. It's just not going to happen. There are far, far, far more important things to be for a government to be putting their um, for a government to be putting their money into right now than a football stadium that they don't even know if the team will work there. Not going to happen, folks. It's just common sense. Sorry, but it is. I agree. Yeah. Yep. So it's yep. time to move on. Hell. There's questions if established teams are going to survive through this. What are you going to do? Give money to a team that nobody knows what's going on and nobody knows uh, if it'll survive? It's just that just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to be honest. Yeah. So I don't think um, I think that's pretty much put to bed now. I'm sorry. A lot of people say, "Oh, you're bashing. Uh, you just don't want it." It's got nothing to do with that. It's just. Just think about it in logical terms, and there's no real solid argument for the Halifax team, especially at this point. Now, maybe five years from now, they look at it again, maybe ten years from now, but if you're thinking there's going to be a team in Halifax in the next two, three years, get away from that thinking. It's not happening. Forget it. So, uh, anything else? anyone else have any more comments on this? Yeah. No. All right. Let's go on to the next topic. CFL, what we're made of. All right, Ricky Ricky Ray, who retired uh, before last year, is looking forward to his next challenge. So, looking at Ricky Ray and the type of player he was on the field. Do you think he seems like that type of guy that could make the natural progression from player into coach? What do you guys think? Will, what do you think? Do you think uh, Ricky Ray could be one of those guys that uh, makes the transition in onto the sidelines now that he's done yeah, playing? Yeah, I've always thought he was going to be one of those guys. Apparently, he's been a coach for a long time, even when he was a yeah. player. Um. But I also 
um, heard an interview or somebody talking about him, and apparently he wants to take a couple of years, if not longer, because he has, apparently he has young kids, yeah, and he would like to spend some time with them, and he's he says he sat back and seen guys go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning and work for 12 or 14 hours, and he's just not sure if he does, wants to do that yet, so... Um, yep. So I can see it would be a it would be a thing for him, but I think eventually he will be in coaching. Mark, you kind of think the same thing? Yeah, I'll say the same thing. He he'll be coaching eventually, but let's face it: the last two or three years of his career were pretty banged up. He's just going to want to sit back with his family now. And that's one of the main reasons he retired was the family, because he was thinking about coming back. So the family isn't going to say, okay, good, your football career is over. Oh, now you're going to be coaching and working even more? No. He's going to take some time off. I wouldn't be surprised if it was four or five years. He's smart enough. Yep that he's not going to lose the knowledge of football. Let's face it, he was never the flashiest quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in CFL history, and he was never the flashiest quarterback. He just went out and did his job. And I think that's how he'll eventually get into coaching. It's just he'll take his time and work into it. Mm -hmm. But right now... How many years did he play? Like 11 or 12? Six, 16. 16. So yeah. he's going to want to see his wife and kids. Right. Especially after the broken neck. You know, yeah. That's enough of a scare, I think, that the kids are saying, Dad, stay home. You would think so. so. Yeah. But, yeah, he'll eventually be in coach. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I think a waste uh, of talent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, like Will said, he was basically a coach um, when he was playing. So for him, he reminds me a lot of a Dave Dickinson type that was kind of a, an on-field coach even when he was still playing. So to see him um, – jump to the sidelines and be like an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach, something like that, it's not a stretch for me because he has that type of temperament and that type of knowledge that I think he could be one of these guys like Dave Dickinson that could go right into being a successful coach. Like you said, he probably wants to take some time off with his family. Uh, He does have uh, two younger daughters and his wife. Hey, it's nice to actually... Um, you know, spend time with the family, not being... He's also apparently taken up running, and he's, like, running marathons and stuff like that, too. So um, that's something that, uh, you know, will take up some time. But I do think probably in the next... Well, probably within the next five years, you'll probably see him back in the CFL uh, as a coach. And it would not shock me at all to see him back on the sidelines in Toronto. Uh, working there with him. Uh, he's uh, probably got a good relationship with Pinball Clemens, and 
if Ryan Dinwiddie doesn't work out, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, maybe he's a guy that could end up there in a few years if the Ryan Dinwiddie experiment uh, doesn't work. So we'll have to wait and see. No pressure to Ryan Dinwiddie or anything like that. So, yep. All right. Uh, anything else on any uh, anyone else? Uh, Ricky Ray? No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Okie dokie. Yep. All right. About what we're made of. All right, so here's a segment I'm sure Will's looking forward to talking about, that the BC Lions have re-signed kicker Sergio Castillo. Uh, he was down in the XFL for a cup of coffee for as long as they were there. And, of course, uh, that league has now gone the way of the dinosaur, joining the um, uh, AAF and the USFL and all these other guys on the scrap pile of spring football leagues. And now Sergio Castillo is back with the BC Lions. So he actually was the leader in the field goal percentage last year, I believe, in the CFL. So would you put him in the top three or the like a, a top three uh, spot when it comes to kickers? And I know Will loves talking about kickers, so we're going to go with Will first and see what his thoughts are because I know he's got a lot of thoughts about kickers. So, Well, you know what? Let's just, let's just slant this a little bit. In the last uh, in the last couple of days, I've been I've been uh, listening to some old podcasts that I didn't have a chance to listen to, or yeah. I didn't want to listen to them, and it, it's pretty amazing how many of these podcast guys are talking. Nick Lewis is a perfect example about how the XFL was going to change the CFL. And they were gonna have to. They were gonna have to give guys more money because they were gonna lose players to the XFL. You know, not necessarily this year, but in a couple of years. Because the other thing he said was Vince McMahon was willing to lose three hundred and seventy-five million dollars in the first three years. Well, I guess Vince McMahon didn't want to lose that kind of money. And that's why he closed the whole thing down. Yeah. So, you know. Now he's getting sued. I, I, that's correct. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, you know. Yeah, it was a good opportunity for players. And Sergio Castillo went down there to kick for some money. I mean, he's a kicker. He could have played at both leagues. You know what I mean? How much wear and tear mm-hmm. is there on kickers? You know. He stubbed his big toe on the turf. Uh Uh-oh, he might be out for a game. Anyways, um, you know what? Every football team, regrettably so, needs a kicker. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess, who was the, who was BC's kicker last year? Castile. Oh, it was was. Castile. He was there last year. And he went to the XFL. Yes. And... And I'm assuming he probably would have signed back with BC after the XFL season. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. So hey, yeah. he, he did well for you guys last year. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I, he was probably mm-hmm. BC's leading scorer last year, wasn't he? I, I believe so. A yeah, pretty good chance of that. He was mm-hmm. the kicker. So hey, yeah, it's a good signing. No yep. doubt about it. There you go. That's about all I want to talk about kickers, okay? 
<laughs> I wish them all the I wish them all the luck in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, what uh, Mark? What are your thoughts on Sergio Castillo? Um, I'd say he's top three, top five. He's yep. right in there, though. Um, I know. I'm kind of hoping CJ would be on to this argument. It would have been fun. Mm-hmm. I actually think Leone was a better kicker than Castillo. Yes, Castillo was a better field goal kicker. Yeah. Leone was a better punter. Leone's punting kept teams Mm -hmm. behind their 20 nonstop. Whereas there's a – I did a quick little check. There's about a seven-year difference in average punt between Leone. So that – that's fairly large in the CFL field. You, that's an extra 10 yards. You know, it's an extra first down kind of thing that they ha- the offense has to run. Mm-hmm. He is very good. I would put Lewis Ward as the number one field goal kicker in the CFL based on, what did he kick, 69 in a row? Uh-huh. So you kind of have to give that to him. But oh, that's he all just he lost Will. Yep. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, um, Medlock, I think, might be a better puncher. He's not as good a field goal kicker. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give him that. But he is definitely top three, top four. You know, he's in the three to five mix. So. Mm-hmm. And it's something BC is going to need. It's true. Because if you notice, I think teams after the experiments of the first year of constantly going Hello. for the right. two-point conversion, there he is. Yeah, he's back. Okay. You know, the, the first year of that new rule for the um, two-point conversion, BC, I think, went for a single point what once or twice the entire season. Uh, a little more than that, but they went. Uh, but, you know, they they went stop. Yeah, they were heavy on the two points, and a lot of the teams were. But teams are going back to getting that single point because it's they're all of a sudden they're losing by three points. Yeah, and they got three touchdowns, and they went for it twice, three times, and didn't get it. And there's the losing points. So teams are taking the almost automatic point versus the two points. Calgary will always go for two points. I think BC will too. Mm-hmm. I don't see BC changing, but it's, it's a definite they needed to get them back. And I think you'll see a lot more players starting to sign for a lot lower end contracts now. Yeah, I, I would think so. Well, the thing is, they now were, there's no longer. Um, there's no longer an XFL to fall back on, so. No. And the CFL starts before the NFL. Yep. So you get money sooner. Uh, <laughs> it's hopefully that we get to watch them play football this year. Yeah, I think we're all hoping that. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, I'm glad that Castillo is back with the Lions because, quite frankly, I, I was wondering, well, who's going to kick for this team? Because we hadn't gone out and signed any notable kickers. So I was a little bit concerned because we hadn't signed a king. Now, it's possible that maybe there was a, a plan for um, um, Castillo to come back anyways after the XFL was over. Um, that I don't know. Um but I, I don't know what discussions they had. I don't know if they had sort of a deal, and I don't know what his situation was in the XFL. But, um, um, yeah, I, I was hoping they were going to get back soon because, quite frankly, they needed somebody. So, um, But I'm glad he came back because he, did, he was very good uh, kicker last year. Uh, like I said, he was the tops, I believe, in field goal percentage, or at least the tops in made field goals. So, and uh, Will's right; he was the Lions' leading scorer. So to bring him back, get him back in the fold, it's a good thing. Now let's just hope there's actually games for him to play in come, well, sometime this summer or fall, because that would be really good. And one of the things I'm thinking about if the CFL teams happen to play in empty stadiums and they want to save some money. I'm thinking cut all the kickers right across the board. There's there's 200 grand a season for the punter. Why am I not surprised that Will came up with that? Well, no, I'm just thinking there's no fans in the stands. Let's just go for it on every third down, man. Come on. That would make the game exciting. It would. You know, one less player you have to pay. Yeah. I'm just, these are things you got to think about every now and then. Just, you know, throw some shit off the wall, see if it sticks, or on the wall, see if it sticks. Hmm. I mean, right now we're into territory that we've never been in before, so what the heck? Somehow I don't see that happening. You never know. I don't either. <laughs> you know, they that's probably why I'm... What's that? They could go, yeah. the X- go the XFL style, and um, if you kick from the 50 and you get it through, instead of a single point, it's five points. Yeah. Let's have some fun That'd be cool, that. too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, maybe maybe we should uh, let the fans randomly pick during a game positions where, okay, for example, I want Bo Levi Mitchell to play cornerback, and I want, um, let's say, let's say Cordero Law to play quarterback. That'd be cool. You know what I mean? Let's mix it up, man. Let's mix it up, man. Let's make an offensive lineman a wide receiver. Those those guys, you know, Charles, you just don't. Those guys can that. run. No, no, they 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 are athletes in big guy bodies. Okay. No, I no, I totally agree with that. And I, I want to see a three hundred and seventy-five pound old lineman running downhill 
up against the 185-pound D-back. Yes, please. Yeah, the D-back would run away. He wouldn't even try to <laughs> He'd be terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, when these D-backs go to go to cut the the lineman at the at the legs, they're gonna they're gonna have a concussion, I guarantee you. Yep. That'd be I I guess I guess in our in our football league we can form and we could probably try those kind of things. I don't think it would cut it in professional football. I was gonna say maybe we could Just start our that. own league. Everybody else is starting one. Maybe. Yeah. I would sort of advise we're talking about XFL going yes. players coming back to the CFL. With Armonte Edwards coming back oh, into yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Where does the where does that leave Darrell Walker? Oh well, he has, Darrell well, he still never, hasn't signed anywhere yet. He still Darrell Walker's never anywhere. gonna play football again unless he signs for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, he's gonna have to take a big time pay cut. There's only well, one team I can see right now. The Bombers, and that it's Winnipeg, and that's not being a homer. It's really the only team I can see right now. Everybody else has signed all their big name receivers. I honestly think yep. you're right about that, to be honest. And if there's a season, Zach Kolaros to Darrell Walker, yes, please. You know, and and speaking of receivers, okay, I was watching the 2018 Grey Cup. Me and Charles were there. Remember, Charles? Yep. <laughs> okay. And I didn't realize it until I watched the game on TV, because this is the first time I've ever watched it on TV. The Stampeders had no receivers that are regulars, okay? They had... Jerron Breskison, who's no longer with them. They had Matthews, who was the star of that game, to be honest with you. They had, uh, what's his name? The tall, skinny guy. I can never remember his name. He's the Stamps' best receiver. He catches touchdowns all the time, but he's got knee problems. Oh, he was um, coming Uh No, what's his name? Um, the other guy. He played well this year. Yeah, I'm drawing blank. I know who you're talking about. Okay, that guy. Um, yep. And they had no Kamar Jordan. They had yeah, Lamar they had, Durant. And they had they had they, they had Lamar Durant. They had some guy named Lynch who caught a long pass, and I'm still trying to figure out who Lynch was. I think Lynch. he was a Canadian receiver. They they threw it at the last minute. Okay, hmm. so. I think I think wide receivers, the way the Stamps do it, anyways. I think they're a dime a dozen, and I could, and I think that's why they lose two receivers because they won't pay them big bucks, or big bucks like they'd never give anybody two hundred thousand dollars to be a receiver, never. No, not they don't not give uh, not that ain't his style. The only player they've ever given money to was uh, Mitchell. Yeah. 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 They let the best offensive linemen in the CFL walk. Yes, they do. And and they they let offensive linemen walk on a regular basis. Yep. 
And and it's it's an interesting thing now that you bring that up. Because you think about it, you think about NFL and I'm just I'm just spitballing here, Charles, because we've got a stretch here, right? Yeah. You think about NFL CFL. Okay. I mean, we're all we're all football retards. I shouldn't use that word. We're all football freaks. So we more or less know all the players. But the majority of people don't know all the players. They don't know offensive linemen. They might know a couple of defensive linemen. And there's only a small percentage in the CFL and the NFL that are star players. And everybody else, I hate to say it, but everybody else is interchangeable. And I, and I think if you think about it on those terms, I think that's how the Stampeders think about it. That they could always find somebody to replace somebody else. And they can put them in their system and they can make their system work. And it's worked for them. And I think you see the success of the Stampeders and last year the Bombers. I think more and more teams are going to go that way eventually. I really do. You need those one They're or two or three players. Yeah. Well, you need you know you need your star quarterback. I don't even think it's a big deal to have a star running back anymore. I mean, the Stampeders have done okay the last two years, and they really haven't had a household name at running back. Outside of and, that, from and they had you, a different running back all the time. That's correct. I mean, you know, there was there's like true actually. Running backs in the CFL, but in the last two years, the Stampeders have gone away from that. And I do believe they think there, because I mean, if you think this off season, they let Terry Williams go, who was their backup running back. They let uh, that other guy go, who was the star, by the way, in the 2018 Grey Cup. I can't remember his name. He had a very normal name. He had gold teeth. He's a rapper. He signed with uh, Montreal or Edmonton, I think. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And what they kept in this offseason is they kept Kadeem Carey, who was a rookie last year, and they think he's going to be their starting running back this year. And he'll be the starting running back until he asks for more money, and then he'll go off down the road too. So, you know, you got to embrace the Stampeders system as opposed to the players. And I would bet you, I would bet you any money within the next two to three years, they find a replacement for Bo Levi Mitchell. Yep. Because they seem to groom these guys. So they probably already had one in Arbuckle, but it's too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it yep. is. And they have missed out on guys over the years because it was too soon, you know, because they've always had a whole quarterback factory working in there. I mean, the year they had, one year they had Garcia and Dickinson, and the year before that I think they had uh, Garcia, Dickinson, and Burris. Okay? So... Yeah, true. It's it's interesting how it works. And I think they've got it down to science. And you don't spend any big money on guys. And I know... Coming into this season, Bo Levi Mitchell took a pay cut. 
So, you know, it's 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 an interesting concept if you look at teams. I mean, it's not great for the fans because you can't, you know, have your stars. But as a fan, I would rather see my team win, and I could care less if if they're names or not. You know what I mean? Eventually, all players leave. So, and a lot of it has to do too, like you mentioned, Winnipeg and Calgary. Are they the two longest-serving, like, say, GM head coach kind of thing? Well, I know Calgary's been a head coach for what three or four years, but Huffnagel was there forever. He's been there since 2008. Yeah, that was and the first that's O'Shea is years. The I think that's probably pretty close. O'Shea, O'Shea is, is the longest serving head O'Shea coach. O'Shea is the yes, he is the number one serving head coach. He's also the longest serving head coach in Winnipeg Blue Bomber history. <sighs> yeah, is he really? So, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, no, well, me neither. It's I thought when Cal would have been the longest. That that would have nope. been my guess, Cal Murphy. It's bizarre. He just passed him last year for games. Especially yeah. since he's only, especially since he's only won one Grey Cup. Yeah. Yep. But Murphy, you know, and I got a Murphy came from a long line of <laughs> other cups before he ever got to Winnipeg. Right. And I've always believed that. And it's something that's changed, I think, in the past, is it takes a long time to put your system in place. And you can't dump a guy after a year or two years. Because let's face it, if Winnipeg had done that, O'Shea would have been gone after his second year. Well, yeah, if they'd listened to the fans, he would have been long gone. Yeah, yeah. Interesting how it's changing. Yep. Very interesting. It's just amazing, though, too. Think of from the time they won the Grey Cup, the the, the Bombers won the Grey Cup in 1990. Uh, when you compare it to uh, how many head coaches they went through between 1990 when they won the Grey Cup and last year, 2019, I mean, I don't know Mark the Calvary. number, but they must have been around. There was easily in the double digits. And I don't know the exact number, but there were some bad coaches. Well, most of them were bad because they all got fired. But yeah, we had some bad coaches. Yep. Yeah. You could say that. <clears throat> Jeff Reinbold. <laughs> <laughs> we had worse. We I like Jeff Reinbold, but he was not a good head coach. But we had worse. True, I think that's, that's fair to say. Yeah. Mike Kelly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Daryl Rogers. Yeah, that was entertaining. Oh, God. And you know what? In, in my time watching the Stan Peters, I can only think of one really bad head coach. Matt Dunnigan. Yes. But on the other hand, Matt Dunnigan was the guy who signed 
Nick Lewis. So you got to give that was him his one contribution. There. Absolutely. I just did a quick check. Cal Murphy was actually only a head coach in Winnipeg for three years. Is that all? Is that uh, all? He well, was I a think GM. Was, didn't, but he had two stints, right? Is that including both stints he had there? Because I remember uh, he went back check. to the Bombers after. Did well, he, he not was in also the 90s? A, he was a GM as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, ninety-three weird. to ninety-six. For sure and, oh no, no, you're right. Six years, six years total. Yeah, okay. And this is a, O'Shea's going that into sounds his better. Seventh. O'Shea's into his seventh. Wow. So hey, Mark, since we were talking last week, we were talking about top quarterbacks in CFL history. Okay, I have a question for you. Who was? See if we're on the same wavelength. Who was the worst quarterback? In Winnipeg's history, <laughs> starting usually go starting to, quarterback. Starting quarterback. What I usually go to is Troy Cobb. Um, okay, would you? Uh, what are you talking the seventies? I no, I'm talking life history because I I know yeah. history but of the, the quarterback Bombers. you're thinking of. The quarterback you're thinking of. What you think in the seventies? No, I'm thinking is it seventies? Um no I'm thinking You talking Spavitol? Nineties. Nope, 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 nope. Ooh. Sammy Sammy Garza. Sammy Garza. Slinging Sammy's son in law. That's exactly who I was thinking of too. Cal Murphy's son in law. He was horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that, that would have been the that was the guy I was thinking. And you know, was, it, uh, it's hard. It's hard to come up with a worst quarterback because there's T.J. Rubley in there too. Um, there's Troy Cobb. How about uh, how about how about T. Martin? Uh, that was a name I'd actually forgotten. Oh, you know. It's funny because I bring this up with my – I've got a nephew in Winnipeg. He's 30 now. And I remember when the Bombers signed T. Martin, he phoned me and he told me this guy was going to be the guy. Okay? <laughs> and I waited for it and I waited for it and I waited for it and it never happened. Oh, dear. I forgot about that name. Yeah, yeah. And there was T.J. Rubley. Wasn't he the yeah, guy they yeah. brought in T.J. at the same time? Didn't they bring in what's-his-name at the same time? The special teams coach guy who's with Hamilton now? The Hawaiian? Oh, uh, Jeff Reinbold. Lives in Hawaii. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Reinbold. Reinbold. Wasn't he the, was, didn't he? they bring him in when they brought Jeff Reinbold in? I thought. Yeah. Maybe I'm getting my years so, mixed yeah. up. Okay. I, just I don't remember Guy Merton. He's done well. Another bomber coach, Tom Mickey, or something like that. Ooh. Yes. But I think it was late late 80s and early 90s. Yeah, we got him from Saskatchewan. I think, or he went to Saskatchewan after we were done with him. I know Roy DeWalt went to the Bombers in the late 80s after he left the Lions when the Lions brought in Matt Dunnigan. That's not really fair, though, because he was at the end of his career, and he had had some good years. He was broken. He had had good years with the Lions, but when he went when he went to the Bombers, he was nothing. He was at the end of his end of his shelf life. 
BC loved trade, sending their broken quarterbacks to Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, they, we did that a few times. Buck Pierce. Buck Pierce went there, yep. Uh, you guys had Gunnigan uh, after a... us, but he, was, he was, wasn't he was done yet. He still had... Uh, T. Merton's actually had... a Tennessee Volunteers head uh, assistant football coach. Really? Pretty cool. Oh, is he? Yeah. Isn't that isn't that where he played his college football? I'm not sure. He might have. I'm pretty sure. Um, he was the offensive coordinator at USC for two years. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was a volunteer. Yeah, when they won the national championship. Right, and that's why my yeah. nephew thought he was going to be the man. And and it is kind of amazing. It is kind of amazing how few guys make that transition. Yep. You know, they're superstars in college, and then when you get to the CFL, it's a whole different ballgame. We've had our fair share of crap here in BC, too, for starting quarterbacks. Tony Kimbrough, Andre Ware, Chris Vargas. Oh, Vargas, yeah. Ooh. That was awful. There was that left-handed guy, Michael Johnson, I think was his name. Was Vargas Canadian? No, I don't think so. I think Chris what? Vargas was uh, American. Oh, okay. All I know is he couldn't play, but I think he was an American. And for me, the worst, the worst stamps quarterback ever was Michael Federick. Michael Federick, <laughs> daddy, daddy bought him a football team so he could play starting quarterback. <laughs> or no, with Kevin Federick. Michael Federick was or his Kevin dad, Federick. right? Yeah. Okay. I keep on getting them mixed up. Kevin Federick, and he hired, and he probably hired Matt Dunnigan so Matt Dunnigan could uh, <laughs> start his son. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, Chris Vargas is from uh, Woodland, California. He was also a Bombers quarterback, too. Yes, he was. Yep. It was a long time between really good quarterbacks in this city. Yep. Yeah. Justin Goltz, Max Hall, Drew Willie, Brian Brom, Robert Marv. I'm just looking on here. What, uh, Wikipedia's got them all listed. I don't remember most of these guys. Michael Quinn, Stefan LaForce. Oh, uh, yeah. They even had yeah. Michael Bishop for a while, too. Stephen yeah. Giles, Alex Brink. Holy, Mike Kelly. these are terrible, these guys. Mike Kelly brought in Stefan LaFors because the fans told him to get rid of Kevin Glenn. That's literally what he said on the CJOB radio call-in show. The fans wanted me to get rid of Kevin Glenn, so I did. Here's a name I haven't thought about for a while. Keith and McCant. Winnipeg and Regina, I believe. Uh-huh. Yep. No, he was in B.C. too. Was he in B.C.? Yep. 
Yeah. There's some bad names. Although, you could probably go on the quarterback list of any team and pick out a bunch of bad. Maybe not to that number, but you could probably pick out a lot of bad ones on that one. Well, say you're a stats junkie and you're new to watching the CFL. So you go online and you find all these stats. And you start looking at quarterbacks, and you go back, and you go back, and you go back to when the American teams were here. You say it's an American guy looking. Mm-hmm. And you look at Anthony Calvillo's stats in Las Vegas. You're going to probably think he's the worst quarterback in history. And then you move to when he was in Hamilton, and that'll cement it that it, there's no way this guy had a career. <laughs> it's funny when you look at names and you say how bad a lot of quarterbacks are. He was one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, he did have a training camp in a parking lot. He had a training camp in a parking lot? Las Vegas. They had their oh, training right. camp yeah, in a, yeah. That wasn't in just a parking a training, lot. That's where they practice regularly. Yeah. In the parking yep, lot, yep. and I think it was the Riviera Hotel. And they're practicing in the parking lot. And I remember reading about this. They had to practice at 6 o'clock in the morning because it was 110 degrees in the afternoon. They couldn't practice then because guys would be dropping like flies. So they had to practice at 6 a.m. Gee, I wonder why well, that yeah. didn't survive. You know what the funny part is? Is We started this segment by talking about Sergio Castillo. And we're on to Bombers yep. quarterbacks, and now we're talking about the Las Vegas Posse. But that's okay, because there's not a whole lot of stuff going around, going on right now. So if we have find, are trailing off into other topics, so be it. Yeah, we still have a ways to go. we got 45 minutes to go. so That's true. You know, I'm looking at a list of Stampeder winning quarterbacks. And we got, of course, Bo Levi Mitchell. (laughs) And before him, there is Henry Burris. And this guy, this this third guy, he just doesn't belong. (laughs) Marcus Crandall. Then you got... Then you got Jeff Garcia, okay, Jerry Keeling, and it's like, wow, how did Barkus Crandall ever get in there, man? He must have just luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Yeah, he does, and that's that's. I mean, he was a terrible quarterback, but you can't deny the Grey Cup ring, can you? And he nope. was the starting, nope. and he was the starting quarterback for that whole season. Because they sat through that whole season, they went nine and nine. Okay, it was horrible. Weren't they eight and ten? Pardon me. Yeah, sorry, eight and ten. You're right, eight and ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight and ten. And it's like, really, like fifteen and, and three. Uh huh. Uh-huh. 
And it's like, I'm not wow. No, that's got to be, I, I think that's got to be one of the biggest upsets in Grey Cup history, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. 15-3 and three versus 8-10. and 10. Yeah. With Marcus Crandall as your starting quarterback. Yeah. Geez, apparently the BC Lions had a quarterback named Tony Corbin. I don't remember him. He was between Damon Allen and Dave Dickinson. Oh, I remember. He was a backup guy for a while, and he started a few games when Damon Allen got hurt. Now, that's why he's on this list. Ricky Foggy. Hell, you could look at half the teams in the CFL and find Ricky Foggy's name. You know who my all-time favorite BC Lion quarterback is, Charles? Who's that? I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yes. You know who it is. Joe Pow Pow. Oh, I love Joe Pow Pow. I've met him more than I did once. Too. I oh. did, too. Yet another broken nice guy. quarterback that the Bombers got. Uh huh. Alpal played for the Bombers. Yes, he did. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yes, he oh did. yeah. No, wait a minute. He's not listed here though. He's listed here as an offensive coordinator, but it didn't list him here as a player. It says as a player he was at the Lions, Saskatchewan, Ottawa, and then back to the Lions. I thought for sure he was a quarterback here. He was a uh, offensive coordinator there in '97, '98. Well, I know that, but it doesn't list him sure. as a player. It, it doesn't list him as a player in Winnipeg. Oh, okay, I got one wrong. Then. I, I remember him. he came back when he was about thirty-five yeah, years 97 old. Yeah, ninety-seven to ni- ninety-seven, ninety-eight season. Yeah, offensive coordinator. Oh yeah, okay. I thought he played a year here, though. I guess I'm wrong. Because I remember he came oh. back to the Lions. As as a coach in 1990, and they brought him back as like I think a, a quarterback coach, and he ended up taking over this starting quarterback's job. That shows how crap that season was. He was brought in as a coach, and he ended up playing the starting quarterback in 1990. He was like 35 years old at that point, which is old for a quarterback. That was Doug Flutie's first year, and he struggled both playing and with injuries. And most of the time it was uh, Joe Pow Pow playing ahead of him. He basically came out of retirement. All right. Anyway, so let's go back. Well, we may trail off again. I'll go back to to the agenda. But we'll go back to the agenda for the next segment. So there was a story out this week from Three Down Nation. It was an interesting one. I read through it quickly uh, that Alex Singleton uh, almost ended up leaving the Philadelphia Eagles to come back to the Calgary Stampeders. He got cut. He was one of the very last cuts um, coming out of training camp last season. And he actually had a deal in place to return to the Calgary Stampeders but the Eagles convinced him to stay in Philadelphia, take a practice roster spot, and they said that he would be one of the first calling guys to play in the case of an injury. So Singleton decided to stay with the Eagles, and he ended up did playing. He did end up playing in the season after some injuries came up. But 
he was literally on the verge of returning to the um, Stampeders, but they ended up talking him into the practice roster. So do you think Singleton is going to be back in the CFL? To me, looking at this, Singleton is reminding me a whole lot of Adam Big Hill when he went down to the NFL because he was in a very similar uh, spot where Big Hill went down there and actually had a very impressive training camp with New Orleans, ended up getting cut, but then they put him on the practice roster, and he actually ended up playing some games for the Eagles that season, and then he got cut again the following season coming out of training camp, and that's when he ended up coming back to the CFL and signing in Winnipeg. So do you think we're going to see a uh, a similar um, path for Alex Singleton? And I'll start with Will because this involves your team in Calgary. So what do you think? Do you think that you're going to see Singleton back at some point? You know, you know what? I, I saw that story. That's a, that's a really old story, okay? Is it? And I, and, yeah, it is. And I think where they got it from is two weeks ago, Alex Singleton was on the waggle, okay, about – Eight or nine weeks ago, Alex Singleton was on uh, uh, Nick Lewis's podcast, and but before that, he was on some other interview. And apparently, how the story goes is he had already worked out a deal with Calgary. He was coming back after he got cut because understand he was the leading tackler on the Eagles for the entire preseason. Okay, and he still got cut. And apparently he had a deal worked out with Calgary, and he was going to start in the Labor Day game. Right. And, uh, and uh, he was at the airport, and I guess uh, Philadelphia's GM called him and said, like, what are you doing? And he promised him the maximum amount of money on the practice roster that he could give him, which was higher than what he would have made with Stampeders, okay? And they promised him as soon as they found a spot, they would get him in the lineup. And as it turned out, he, he did make the lineup. So, and, you know, the nice thing I like about Alex Singleton is on every interview, he always talks about how the CFL has made him. And, and he said... If he had have made the decision to come back to Calgary, he would have never went back to the NFL. He would have been content. And I think the biggest difference between him and Adam Big Hill is uh, is Alex Singleton is still young. He's only 26 years old. Okay? He was like 25 or 26 last year when he was in the NFL. And I think that's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I'm curious... I'm curious to see what he does this year, if there is a year this year. Um, But, I mean, you know, like he was saying in the interviews, in the NFL, it is so easy to to be a good player, but they turn around and they draft somebody else that they give money to, and they just don't have a choice. Because it's not about how good you are. It's about how much money they've paid you, and that's what keeps a lot of guys there. So, and I, I mean, I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews lately, and a lot of these guys, and now we're, we're talk, I listened to uh, 
Nick Lewis's podcast a week ago that had Stefan Logan on as the interviewee, and he talked about how how when he came to the CFL, because he's played in the CFL and he was in the NFL for four years or five years. I don't know if you realize this, Charles, just speaking of Stefan Logan, do you realize he has 17,000 return yards in his lifetime? Is that combined between the CFL and the NFL? That is that is correct. That is I'm correct. actually not surprised because he was an effective kick returner in both leagues. So right. that doesn't actually and, surprise me. I didn't know that, but it doesn't and, surprise me. And one of the things that he has said is when he came to the CFL, he looked around at the talent that was in the CFL, and he didn't realize, he didn't understand why half these guys weren't in the NFL. And he says it's all a numbers game. And I think with Alex Singleton, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a numbers game with him and he'll stick. I mean, I'd love to see him in Calgary again, but I don't think we'll ever see him in Calgary again. Mark, what do you think of uh, Alex Singleton? Do you think we'll ever see him back in the CFL? I don't think so unless he gets an injury and then he gets cut because of an injury, which happens all the time in the NFL. Um, He's good enough to be at least a special teams player. At minimum, he's good enough to be a every-day special teams player, so he can make a good career doing that down there. And I think he does, at his age, like Will said, with his, he's only 26, 27. With that age, he's got a long time to go before he even hits his potential. So I don't know unless he gets an injury and then they just forget about him, or like what happened to Doug Brown. Oh, oh, you're getting into that tension territory. You're cut because they you do the bring in territory? the guy for pension. A lot of oh, NFL okay, guys yeah. they get cut just before they're about to make their full tension because it's six years or whatever, I think. And by then, they're starting maybe to get a little older, and the young guy comes in, and they get him a lot cheaper. Right. So, But I do think he's got the potential to stay down there and not come back. I would be very surprised to see him come back here. And FYI, I just Googled it. Alex Singleton is only 26 years old. Yeah. So he's got all kinds of time left. Adam Big Hill was older when he was going. I yeah. think he was uh, 29 or 30 when he was down there. And those three yeah. or four years do make a difference, especially in the NFL. Oh, for sure. A huge, huge difference. Willie Jefferson. There's no reason Willie Jefferson isn't in the NFL, other than he's too old. Yep. If he was playing at this level the first time he went down, we'd never have seen him again. He has the talent to play in the NFL, but he's just too old. They're not going to take a chance. Right. I think that's true. And I don't mind. It's the CFL's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in particular, the Bombers game. Game. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, uh, but I like them both when they're on their other teams too. So that's true. Well, apparently the Riders fans, when he was in Saskatchewan, he was a god. All right. Um, and now they all hate him. Okay. So uh, the grueling truth. Um, another uh, website uh, that deals with CFL issues. And football sports in general, actually, but uh, they got um, a large lot of CFL content. They came up with a uh, list of the top ten Grey Cup games ever played. I know uh, they. Uh, I don't know if these were the guys that did the top Grey Cup games in the last decade recently that we talked about, but these are the top Grey Cup games of all time. So I'll just run them down quickly here. Uh, the number ten was the 1958 game. Uh, Bombers beating Hamilton 35-28. Number nine, a game that the Ryder fans don't like to talk about, Ottawa beating Saskatchewan 23-20. That was 1976. That was the last of the late heroics of Tony Gabriel. 1981, uh, Edmonton beating Ottawa 26-23, a game Edmonton trailed 20-1 at halftime. 1996, this was one of the more memorable ones for me, the Snowball. Uh, Toronto beating Edmonton 43-37. Uh, to 37. I'll always remember Eddie Brown's catch from that game, though, where he literally kicked it up into his hands. Uh, Edmonton-Toronto also got the number six spot. That was a 1987 game played here at BC Place, where we saw a big return, uh, missed field goal return by Gizmo Williams and late Field goal heroics by Jerry Carrick. Number five was a game that I attended personally. That was a 1994 Grey Cup with the Lions beating Baltimore 26-23. Um, that was the first ever uh, Canadian-American Grey Cup. Very memorable. Uh, number four was another game I was at. 2005 here in BC. Uh, Edmonton 38, Montreal 35, which I believe was the first ever overtime Grey Cup game to go to overtime. Number three, oh, why you didn't feel here tonight, is the 2009 Grey Cup. Montreal 28, Saskatchewan 27. I think we remember pretty well what happened in that game, and so did Saskatchewan, because for some reason they forgot to count to 13, and it cost them a Grey Cup. Phil, you want to come on? You, you know we're talking about. You might like it, though. No. Uh, 2016 uh, was the number two game. Ottawa 39, Calgary 33. That was a great game. That was the one I believe it was. That was in Toronto at uh, BMO Field. I remember that one game. And of course, the number one Grey Cup of all time. And the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans don't let us forget about it. That was the 1989 Grey Cup at Sky Dome. Saskatchewan 43, Hamilton 40, with the last-minute field goal from Dave Ridgway that sent Saskatchewan into a frenzy. So there's the what they grueling truth have uh, as their top ten Grey Cup games. What do you guys think? Are there are these all good? Are there any games that should be on here that aren't? Mark, what do you think? Are these the top ten Grey Cups, or are they missing something from this list? I think they did a pretty good job. It's yep. You can pick and choose from it's every subjective. era. It's subjective. Yep. You know, you know, and 
and it depends on if you're looking at it from a pure football standpoint and entertainment, weather, you know, because the 91 Grey Cup will always be memorable for the beer can that just about the took out. Yeah, Rocket that Ishmael. just about took out Ishmael. Yep. Yeah, um, the Grey Cup game with Toronto and Calgary, the snowball one. Was that a great football that game? Great, that it, was a good football game. It was different, you know, yep. with the turnovers and right well. Yeah, uh, the the fumbles and stuff, but I think they got it pretty good. Yeah, I've got you know I've for got, for I've fun you it. could put in the the rain bowl or the fog bowl or yep. <laughs> what were you going to say, Will? I got a couple of personal favorites. Um, my one of my favorites is Mark. What year was it? BC and uh, Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. Oh Sean Salisbury was the starting quarterback. And it was 88, BC, wasn't it? Yeah, BC no. threw an interception with yeah. no time to go. That, that, that made was, I thought that was a great That made a ten year old me very, very sad for a long, long time. Yeah, wasn't I wasn't that I Matt Dunnigan to Michael Gray? Michael Gray. Yeah. The yeah, guy who right. three years earlier had won Rookie of the Year with the Lions, and he comes back to haunt them because <laughs> they got rid of him. And yeah. they threw a ball that they didn't need to throw. Tony Cherry had 160-plus yards running. They were on the seven-yard line, and a field goal would have put them in the lead at the time. They were only down by two, or no, they were down by <laughs> one at that point. And you have one of the greatest field goal kickers in CFL history. And you throw, uh, Matt Dunnigan throws a pass over the middle into double coverage. Why? You did not and need to throw Mark, that. I, Mark, I don't know if you're familiar with the St. Vital Mustangs football club. Okay. Yes. Huh? In St. Vital. Okay. They used to have a bar. Okay. They had a bar for four or five years. And right. I was. I was at the bar with my brother watching that football game, and wow, that was a that was a pretty good day. That was a pretty good day, but it was an ex, it was an excellent football game in my mind. Oh, it was a yep. overall no, game, great game. Yep. And the Sometimes other one that sticks too, out in my mind. The... Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say sometimes ahead, you can appreciate the games more if your team isn't uh, playing in it and you have no real um, no real stake in the game because, you know, if your team's in it, whether or not it's a great football te- game, if your team loses, you're not going to want to remember it all that much. No. Yeah. Go ahead, no, Will. Go, I, go on. I agree. I mean, yep. you know what? Uh, of course, my other one, and Calgary lost, was the 2016 Grey Cup game? That was that was a yep. fantastic football game. Well, that was on the list I mean, here. Yeah, it was it was, was one of my yeah. favorites. And my next favorite is what year did Montreal beat Edmonton before Montreal before Edmonton went on their five year run? Was seventy five? Nineteen seventy seven. Nineteen seventy seven. That's when they put the staples and in their shoes. They put the staples in their shoes. I thought that was an awesome game. I thought that was an awesome game. I, I was know only... too much about that. I wasn't even born. 
let's see, 62, 72, I was uh, 13 years old. So. So do you guys think the ninety the eighty nine game, Saskatchewan Hamilton, was that the best Grey Cup of all time? I'd say so. I wouldn't have an issue saying that. No. I remember that was a spectacular. I remember I was in my friend's place, they were having a Grey Cup party and it was back and forth all night. That that game was back and forth. And they had the whole thing with that circus catch by Tony Champion to put Hamilton up with like two minutes left and then Saskatchewan goes down the field and kicks the field goal. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't like Hamilton, I didn't like Saskatchewan, I didn't watch that game. Okay. That was a good one, though. I remember that one. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone over the Grey Cup. Any any other thoughts on this one, or should we move on? I think we can move. All right. I think we can move. Moving on to the next segment. Uh, this one's more for Mark probably than anyone else. Segment seven. Did the Zach Caleros trade hamper the Bombers' draft prospects this season? I mean, we all talk about the draft and blah, 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 blah. How good is the CFO draft? Is it really pointless? Did it hurt because they gave up some of the draft picks this year? I mean, they got the Grey Cup, uh, but they did they give up too much? Uh, I mean, CFL draft, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, you still can um, get some decent players in that, but they gave up a couple of higher picks. A couple of higher picks? They don't pick until the 18th pick. Yeah. Yeah, like basically at the, the start of the third round. Third round, so they don't have a pick in the first two picks. That that that's when you start throwing darts at the board at that point. You, you do, but you could say because of that, like let's face it, one thing that'll never change in the CFL is you use that to stockpile your Canadian offensive lineman. You try to find a Canadian receiver. But reality is you're looking for the offensive line. And the Bombers are stacked at the offensive line, so they're not that worried about it this year. They have the entire starting offensive line back. One of the, from the Grey Cup games, one of the guys' last name is Eli. Anybody ever heard of a guy, a Bomber offensive lineman named Eli? He played three games all year, all in the playoffs. It's, they're really actually quite okay at Canadian position for a change. It's kind of neat. Um, it'd be nice to see them be able to get some more depth, but that's all they're going to be getting now is depth. Maybe a project that'll work. No, I think they'll be fine. I don't see a problem with it at all. I think that makes sense. You know, yeah, for me, what it, what price is too high to win a Grey Cup? I, I I think 
anybody out there would say there's no price too high. And that's what the, the Bombers got out of yep. doing that. They won a great cup. And I mean, and it, and it, and it is nice that they managed to sign Zach Kolaris to another contract. Not that it's going to make a difference if he gets hurt, but bottom line is they would not have won the great cup if they didn't have Zach Kolaris. That's Correct. in my mind. I don't know what you think, Mark. I no. There's no discussion on that. Not a chance. I get beaten up by some people about it, but I'll say that we could have won the Grey Cup without Chris Strebler, but not without Zach Kolaros. No chance. I agree. None. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I would agree with that or not. Because it was like having a two-running-back system. They would have just put Dembski and Harris in the backfield. Yeah. Well, that, that that's true too. That's true too. Yeah. That's that's the joy of having the best running back in the CFL. That's why it worked. But no, was that Calaros? He he's the best quarterback the Bombers have had in a long time. So you pay whatever you have to pay to get that. Yep. Yep. And 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 just, we, know, would talking, we would be say you would be taught. Sorry, I was going to say, we would be talking a whole lot different right now if they didn't make the Zach Kolaris trade and they didn't win the Grey Cup. You would have an entire different coaching staff in Winnipeg for sure. Oh, yeah. I would assume. Uh, And and if you think about it, if you think about it, though, let's say in the offseason the Bombers decided not to sign Zach. They go with Nichols. What do you think yep. the fans would have done? They had no choice but to sign Zach Kolaros. Did they? The did the no, they were really. They they wanted they wanted by that end of it they wanted nothing to do with Matt Nichols. No, they didn't. Not based on a talent thing at all. The comparison I'm going to use when it comes to Nichols and Winnipeg fans. The last time I saw that kind of hatred, and the only comparison I can come up with is when Ralph Brock had his last year here when he changed his name to Dieter. It was possibly the nastiest thing I've ever seen, and it was close to that with Nichols. Hell, they booed a PSA about family violence that came across the screen that he was talking about. (laughs) Oh, God, really? (laughs) Really? That's terrible. Um, yeah, the, me and the guys around me and my wife, too, we all basically were looking at each other going, oh, God, I've never been embarrassed to be a Bomber fan. I am now. They booed a PSA. God, well, that's worse than the my... Philadelphia Eagle fans booing Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Well, and in my mind, in my mind, Zach, or not Zach, Matt Nichols, in my mind, is never going to win a great cup. If you think about his whole career, Winnipeg was the only place he's really been a starter. And it was only because that was the best they had. Yep. And but sorry, without but, Matt Nichols. Without Matt Nichols, the Barmers don't get to the Great Cup either. Because you think about who they had before him. Drew Willie sure as yeah. hell wasn't getting a great cup. 
So Matt Nichols was part of the rebuild to getting to the Gary Cup, but that's what he is. He gets you there. He doesn't win it. I, I tell you what, Mark, the day they uh, induct Drew Willie onto the Wall of Fame in Winnipeg, I'm going to fly to Winnipeg, and I'll buy you as much beer as you can possibly drink, okay? <laughs> oh, I'll need as much beer as I can possibly drink if they put him up on I know. the wall. I know. I want them to do that. There was a couple of years. There was a couple of years there where he was the man. Willie Pig. Okay. Willie yep. Pig. Yeah. Oh well. No, it's amazing Clarence. how Clarence is the kind of guy you you do draft picks and a player if you have to, especially yes. if you're in Winnipeg's shoes where you have to win a great cup. Yeah, I would agree with yep. that. It's so, yeah. I look at I look at Zach Claris and it's not it's not going to turn into that kind of dynasty, I don't think. But I compare the Zach Claris trade to the one the Islanders made in the 80s for Butch Goring when they won their first Stanley Cup. Same thing in my mind. There was just that little bit of extra you needed. And it came out of nowhere. Yeah. With what was it, 30 seconds left in the trade deadline? Think about it. If you think about it, you couldn't even write that script. You know what I mean? Nope. He gets knocked out in the first game in Saskatchewan, goes to Toronto, and then gets traded to Winnipeg, and he wins a great cup. Like, you can't and write he, that shit. And he beats Saskatchewan, and he yep. beats the guy that took him out for the season yep. in the great cup. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, and we can talk about this right now and we can talk about all these things because Christopher's not around so we don't have to bag on the bombers because he's not here, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But if you think about it, it was a pretty amazing season in general. Oh, it was. With everything they went through? Well, it looked like they were earlier in the season, it looked like they were uh, home and cooled out to win first place. Because it looked like, I think at one point they were either four or six points ahead of the second place. Then they went into a free fall. What did they lose? Nichols like something got like injured. Five of, Nichols, Nichols got injured. Got injured. They lost five or six or something like that? or Something like they, that, yeah. Whether it was yeah. four or six. Or, uh, and, I was worried um, about them making the playoffs. There was some worry about that because they, they were falling quickly, and then they just... Uh, um, they battled back, made, and they made the trade. Running the playoffs, the trade was the was the um, the turnaround. It really was. It's very rare that a single trade will completely turn around a team's fortune. That one did. And actually, one play I mean, turned around that whole season. Yeah, and that was the pass from 
Caleros to Adams to win that last game of the season against Calgary. Yep. Against Calgary. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. And, you know, the neatest thing is, and because I can compare the two, the the year Calgary went to Edmonton to watch the Grey Cup, that was such a pro-Ottawa fan base, it was scary. I was mm-hmm. surrounded by Edmonton fans cheering for Ottawa, and I'm, like, standing there, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Come on. <laughs> but if it had been reversed, I would have been the same way. But in 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 Calgary... My whole section, and we were all diehard Stampeder fans, we wanted Winnipeg to win, hands down. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, you could hear it on TV. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could. So, you know. And, and I mean, like I said, it was a good great cup for me because I was scared I was going to have to be at a Saskatchewan Hamilton Grey Cup. Like, wow. I don't even know if I would have went. <laughs> so, yeah. It was a good season for them, anyways. And the scariest thing is we're talking about last season only because we don't know if we're going to have a season this year. We might be talking about last season for a while. Oh, God. We're going to go back and review the 88 season. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Um, what else okay, you got, got, Charles? Nine minutes left. So let's move on to the next. Uh, well, we're at segment eight. It's working pretty good. We trailed off a little bit, but what the hell? It's fun. we got to do something. Got to talk about something. So. Uh, report uh, Rob Vanstone from the Regina Leader Post is talking about the wealth of quarterbacking talent right now in the CFL. Um, hmm, I don't know. Is there a wealth? Is this one of the deepest in terms of uh, CFL quarterbacks? I don't know if I agree with it, that it's that deep. Well, you know what? I think it is, actually. What do you guys think? Uh, is the CFL uh, really deep right now in quarterbacks? Well, I, you know, you can go across the league. Who does Ottawa have? Matt Nichols. Mm-hmm. Who is their who is their backup? Uh, I think they've still got Dominic Davis. I don't think they released him. I know they got rid of no, Jonathan Jennings, they... but I don't think they released Dominic Davis. So, I mean, I, I think I really believe Ottawa is going to be the worst team this year because of the quarterback situation. Yeah. Um, Montreal has uh, Vernon Adams. He, I mean, if he continues to grow, they're going to be a good team. Um, Hamilton, they got two good quarterbacks got, now. Yeah, they got Mazzoli and they've got um, Dane Evans. Right. Um, sorry, I was wrong about Ottawa. That's not Nichols. That's Dinwiddie. So that's even worse. Arbuckle. In my mind. Arbuckle. Or Arbuckle, sorry. Toronto. Arbuckle. Nichols and then Toronto. Who does Toronto have? They got Nichols and they got... Nichols. Uh, James Franklin and, still uh, there, isn't he? No, no what's his name? Him. They got rid of him. Uh, they got what's his Bob name? Thomas. 
Mac, yeah, Macbeth. Or Thompson. So that's a, I, never I think that's a, you know, those are okay quarterbacks. Winnipeg has Zach Kolaris, right? West. Winnipeg has Zach Kolaris. And who else, Mark? At this point, Sean McGuire. Oh, there's, right, McGuire. Okay. Sean McGuire. He's, un, right. he's unproven. He's unproven. Oh, he They'd held rather, the ball last year. That's all he did. Well, they would have rather they put a they put a fucked up Chris Trevler in over over him. Okay, so yep. Um, you know, Calgary. Calgary has Olivai, maybe. Um, and after that, nobody else has proven. BC has has Riley. Mike Riley, but again, who's? I'm just trying to remember who the backup is. I guess it'd be um, right. Uh, what's his face? The guy from last year. I can't remember. I can't remember it off the top of my head. And uh, Saskatchewan has uh, Cody that Pajaro. guy. Right. <laughs> so every single team, with the exception of Hamilton, is one injury one away from. Yep. One injury away from having a new guy that we've never heard of, really. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Is it that strong of a position or not? I think starter-wise it is. Starting, I was going to say starting-wise yeah, starter it is. Pretty good. Yeah. But if you get but into a situation with an injury, uh, that's where the, the the talent drops off quite a bit when you're starting to talk about backup. With the exception of Hamilton. Right. So, I don't know if they're in a strong position. But we probably would have said the same thing last year, and every single starter got hurt. And they did okay, right? Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know. I I, uh, I really think, and I hate to say this out loud, but I really think the team to watch at quarterback next year is Saskatchewan because I think, uh, I think, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Edmonton's ex head, head coach. No, Edmonton's ex Moss. ex head coach. Moss. Moss is going to help. Moss is going to help Fajardo a lot. Okay. I think, uh, I think what's his name? Oh my God! Why can't I remember names? What's his name is going to help Trevor Harris a lot in Edmonton. Who's the head coach there? Come on, Steinhauer. Not Steinhauer. Yeah, Milanovic, right? I think he's going to help him a lot. Okay, so, but I think the one to watch is is is. Cody Fajardo, because let's face it, and I've mentioned this before, the last four years, Jason Moss has had the number one quarterback in the CFL every single year. That says something about his coaching ability. Because he had Mike Riley, and Trevor Harris was on online to throw for 6,000 yards if he hadn't got hurt. So... It'll be interesting for sure. 
it is a good crop of starting quarterbacks, though. Yeah, it was yeah, only what, three years ago, maybe, that we were all complaining about how bad the starting quarterback was looking. Yeah. yeah. And these guys are all yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, and I think the big I, question... And there's a big thing, though, is potential. Yeah. They're not all there yet. The big question mark is Ottawa, in my mind, because, um, because uh, you know, what's his name? He only played six games this year. Yep. God, why can't you remember names, Will? Um, Arbuckle. Arbuckle. So I think Ottawa's going to be in tough. I really do. But who knows? Arbuckle could throw the lights out. You never know. You never know. If they get a good running back, yep. lap lease, it could be. Well, but he I don't know if running back. Line. Yeah, offensive line because because uh, he's a drop back quarterback. He's not a runner. Yeah. Okay, he he comes through Calgary's system where they sit back there and have a cup of coffee and a beer before they throw the ball. So we shall see. We shall see, or hopefully, sometime this fall. All right, well, we're down to the final minute plus here, so I think it's time that we go on and say goodbye. This is Let's Talk CFL episode number, what episode are we on? I I scrambled so much at the beginning there, I didn't even put an episode number. Well, I believe we're like 400 and something. Yeah, 432. All right, so let's go around and say goodnight as we are heading out today. I'll throw it over to Will and uh, say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Thanks, Christopher, for stiffing us tonight, but we're not going to go there. You're the host of the show, and that's all I can say. So thanks for listening. We managed to stretch two hours one more time, guys. Aren't we amazing? (laughs) Coronavirus can't shut us down. Mark, say goodnight. Nope. Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And, yeah, guys, we made through another one. All right. Thank you all for listening, whether you're listening live or whether you are listening in the future or whatnot. Thanks for listening. We will be back. We'll be talking about something. You can guarantee that next Tuesday. We will talk to you then. Good night.